Is Pensacola in the central time zone? I thought Florida, all of Florida, was an eastern time zone. I guess we'll talk about that and some things related to comedy on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and well, corrections are encouraged. This episode is brought to you by FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals. Connect with FunWise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. 80 grand in unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money. Get money for your business now. Fly.funwise.com slash mind dog. Oh, is everybody ready? Everybody ready for the mind dog to make it the show? Yes, we are. You know. Welcome, my friends. <laughs> Yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. You are looking at a man uh, who is um, pretty burnt out, pretty burnt out, pretty uh, disheveled, uh, pretty um, just confused. Burning the candle at every end and in the middle will do that to you. I know I complain a lot about this. And at some point, I'm going to get a manager to manage my time and do things more efficiently. But doing two or three shows a day, plus doing the stuff for the studio, burning me out. And so tonight, you may have been thinking we were having a special edition of the evening program that would uh, be a more serious thing about capitalism, upgrading capitalism in the digital age. Not so. You don't want to know why? Because I'm a screw-up. Because I told tonight's guest that he could have the date, which would be a special edition anyway of the evening program, because you know I love to have comedians on in the morning. Morning's down there. Always down there. I don't know why I always pull. When I say morning, I do that. Like, that morning's down there. There's no morning down there. Anything that's down there, it's trouble. But, um, so, uh, my guest contacted me today and said are we still on for tonight and i was like holy i messed up again i messed up the schedule again because i'm doing too much do you feel sorry for me are you taking pity on me anyway i'm thrilled to have a comedian to talk to tonight rather than <laughs> upgrading capitalism in the computer age talk uh, my guest is a uh fairly young uh, comedian. I mean, when I say young comedians, I'm always talking about career-wise, not age-wise. Although like, they could be one and the same, not always. Uh, out of Pensacola, and here's the thing: on the morning show, I must have had a dozen comedians out from Pensacola. Probably a pretty hot comedy scene, and we'll find out about that. But I did not know that they are an hour off. Florida has two time zones. I thought Arizona was the only state in the union that had two time zones. We're going to find out about that. Um, Andy Redding is a bit of a roast battle champ in Pensacola, defeating our friend Joe Walters, who has been on the morning program, uh, and uh, a reigning champ who has been in the comedy game for a short period, but obviously kicking some ass. And ladies and gentlemen, he's here now. Welcome, 
uh, Andy Redding to the Mind on TV podcast. Andy, welcome. Hey, how's it going? So um, I actually do want to talk about upgrading capitalism in the digital age. So you're in for a treat. Uh, okay, where, what do you got for me? How, how do we go about uh, upgrading I, it? I honestly have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it means myself. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, you know, I, the evening program has some serious people on and publicists contact me. And sometimes they come up with these weird topics and i always say yes i'm 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 like a an easy lay i guess i can't say no but uh i was kind of you know sweating it a little bit i always work my way through those heady conversations but it's more fun to talk to comedians so i'm glad to have you here um let's start with pensacola is is it on a different time zone are you in central time zone yeah we are um so only like the panhandle part is in central time zone. I don't know when, like, cause there's a certain point where if you cross it, you're in regular time. I'm not from the area. So I could, like, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I grew up in Maryland, as you can see by the flag behind me. So I'm used to Eastern time. That's so, what we call regular time. Maryland yeah. time is, is re- regular time. Hey, but <laughs> you know, it would be really cool sick. to live in a house that was divided by time zones. Like from the kitchen is in one hour and, and the living room is in another hour. That would be yeah. pretty cool. Like I'm late <laughs> to work. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, comedy, tell me about, um, how long you've been doing it? Uh, a little over two years now. Yeah. Two years and kicking ass in the, the roast battles. That's a pretty good thing. Now, some of the guys who you've kicked ass on in the roast, <laughs> roast battle, they've been doing it much longer, right? A uh, few of them, I think. few of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did you get started? Um, the first thing, like the first paid show I got offered was a roast battle. And I'd only been doing comedy for like three months at the time. So it was like super awkward because I didn't know anybody so like i had to go on facebook like scour the internet look on youtube try to find like if they posted like one of their sets i had to watch it and, yeah I had welcome to do my welcome to my it. life this is what <laughs> yeah. i do every single day two or three times a day uh, you know some people are very easy to do their research on but people like you not so easy <laughs> there's not a lot uh, uh, on the internet and i have your youtube channel going across and i noticed you're uh you're doing the right thing with the shorts and getting oh, some yeah. traction on, on that kind of stuff um but the, the roast battles i'm i'm curious about this is not something that is part of comedy history this is something that's relatively new in the last hello cat um in the last five or ten years i think uh, that's as long as i know known about it were you familiar with them before you got asked to do roast battles yeah like i've seen a bunch of roast battle like you know jeff ross obviously uh you've seen like the bumping mics with him and david tell they're always busting on each other and you know then you'd have like Growing up, I watched, like, the roast of, you know, all these other, like, celebrities and comedians, and, like, I always just thought that was just real funny. Like, it's kind of a way to be mean, but in a in a nicer way. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I, I guess I, I should have, uh, you know, just common sense, just narrowed it down to that what we're seeing now with the one-on-one roast is just a uh, narrowing down of that uh, panel roast thing. But the panel roast thing just... It felt a little more, um, I don't know, in good spirit than some some of the ones I've seen. Some of them can get pretty mean, no? Yeah, definitely. And I've been told, like, uh, the last one we did, one of the judges was just like, dude, that was just flat out mean. Like, it, <laughs> like To you or you being to, mean to the other person? Me to the other person. They're just like, <laughs> dude. <I> like, like <laughs> uh so is there anything you like uh a line you won't cross in those things i mean sometimes like you gotta pick your battles really because you don't want to get beat up after the show but uh, i'm always interested to find out what people have to say about me mostly it's just how white i am and how large my head is that's not that big i think my head's bigger than yours yeah, uh, I... you're closer to the camera so <laughs> yeah um do, do you talk about it before you go? Like, do you meet and and and, and like a friendly handshake before you go up, or no? Well, like yeah, before you know, you hang out. Like w- when I first didn't know anybody, no, it was I just showed up and it was just like, all right, here's all these people. Um, but 
over time, you know, you get to know a lot of the other people. So um, we'll message each other like, hey, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? Like, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, well, that's pretty cool eh? that somebody would be honest with you because I'd keep my cards to, to close to the vest and not tell them. I oh, would. no, I never I never say. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when did you first realize that you wanted to get into comedy? Was this something you wanted to do from a, from a very young age? Um, I mean, I'd always grew up watching stand up. Uh, it was the first thing that would come on when I got home from school. So I just pop on Comedy Central and there'd be stand up. And I always found it interesting that one person, it's just a one man show. You don't have anybody backing you up and you have an entire audience there. It was there to see just you. Um, you know, I think it's just great that like one person can just captivate like an entire crowd. I'd always been like in awe of it. And, you know, Growing up, I wouldn't say I was a class clown, but I always had like some wisecracks, uh, would just joke around with my friends all the time. And um, one of my friends, actually, when I moved here, uh, they went to an open mic at a local brewery that's like maybe five minutes from my house. And um, they went there to see one of like his wife's friends. And they're all just like, Andy, you could do this. And I'm just like, no, 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 no way. But um, like two weeks later, I just kind of mustered up the courage, and uh, there's my cat climbing on the chair again. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I, my, mine's trying to. I have a three-legged cat that's been trying to get up on, on TV for for a while now. We I have two cats, but uh, one of them had his, his leg removed, her leg removed, and uh, since then, uh, she has been really aggressively wanting to get on television to tell the world about her uh big surgery thing i think but um, uh yeah i showed up like two weeks later like i was saying i didn't tell anybody that i was doing it because i was just like okay if i go out and i fail it'll just be my secret no one will know like i don't have my friends embarrassing in front of me but uh it went it went pretty well so, so hold just, on a second here now this was in pensacola yeah yeah you i didn't, didn't do, you didn't do it in maryland ever no never like there there was nothing around the area that i grew up in that but you still have comedy. friends back in Maryland, right? Who, who know oh, you yeah, your yeah, whole yeah. life. Yep. Are they surprised that you are now a comedian, Andy Redding? Some of them, yeah, because like a lot of them are just like you're sh- you're so like shy and reserved, and like sometimes you just barely talk, and then all of a sudden I see you in front of people getting up. But like, that's I can most go- of us, I think that's most <laughs> yeah. of us in show in show business. Anybody who was in show business, I think. I shouldn't say the majority uh, of people uh, have that a little bit of introversion, uh, a lot of shyness to them. It's 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 a weird thing because uh, my book is called um, the book is called Talking with Strangers. And it's about how I feel more comfortable, always feel more comfortable talking to a thousand strangers than I do to one person I've known my whole life. <laughs> yeah. And the, the way I see it, this is just a way for me to talk and not be interrupted. So, right. like, now you have to listen to me. <laughs> and there I go, just interrupting you already. <laughs> no, it's all right. uh, uh, So, now, the Pensacola area, is there a big... Because I've had a lot of... I can't count them, but I would say probably a dozen uh, Pensacola-based com- comedians on the morning show. Is there a thriving scene there? There is, yeah. Um, you know, every so often, there's always a new venue popping up for another open mic. Uh, the main... Uh, organization out now is Yikes. I got the shirt on right here. Um, it's Yikes run- is what a club? It's like the comedy organization. Like it's you know you have a show presented by Yikes Comedy. It's run by a guy named Andrew Ferrara. Uh, super funny, super talented. Um, you know he's always been really supportive of you know me going out there. He's put me on tons of shows. But yeah, tons of shows is the key because you, you you say you're doing it two years, but the you know what? There are people who do it two years and have done ten shows in two years, and there are people who do do been doing it two years and have done fifty or seventy five shows in two years. Yeah. So it's not sometimes the year number is not as important as how many shows have you done. But people always measure it by years. How long have you been doing? Oh, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you have you had a really bad? Uh, any bad experiences yet where you because I, I brought this up last night with a comedian who's also named Andy um, <laughs> if, if he's been doing it six years and I, I for some reason I went back to Norm Macdonald saying after a appearance on David Letterman which he killed on 
but he didn't think he killed Lenny. He went home and he stuck his, he put his head in the pillow and cried himself to sleep because uh, he thought he bombed. <laughs> Have you had that kind of bad experience where you just thought like, oh man, I totally embarrassed myself? Um, I mean, yeah, there's been plenty of times like first starting out where you think about your set all day at work and you're like, okay, I'm going to say this, this, and this. And then you get up there and just no one's responding to it. And then you have to leave with your tail between your legs and you get in your car. I'm like, why am I doing this? What does what my life come to? Should I just drive off the edge of the bridge? Like, not that far. No, I have gone. I, but it's been a long time since I've been that far. Uh, my ex-wife brought her family to see me uh, 45 years ago. And I was, it was the worst I ever was. And I, I, I really cried at the end of that night. It's like, because it meant a lot to me to impress them. And I impressed them, all right. But I pressed, impressed them in a very negative way. Like, what are you doing with this clown? Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's a memorable thing. So I've been there where it has been, like, you know, almost, I don't want to say suicidal, because that's being dramatic. But, like, what, man, what a fool I am. And... But what can because you say you're a shy person, what condition you to be able to withstand that and keep coming? <laughs> I mean, I've embarrassed myself almost on a daily basis um, in, <laughs> like, in front of friends, um, just constantly. And it's just gotten to the point where you just you just stop caring. Like, all right, whatever. There's just another one added to the books. Yeah, that's a you know what that's a skill that comedians have that I don't think anybody in any other profession genre, even within the arts, uh, ha- has. Nobody I ever met. I mean, uh, you know, let's face it: in music, if you bomb, you bomb, and it you know you bomb, you know you suck, and you're down on it the whole time. But the ability to kind of grow a thick skin and just go back and say, you know what, I don't care. That's unique to comedians. And what you were talking about before, you go up there by yourself. Yes, there's an upside of that. And you can feel like you own the room by yourself when you do that. But the downside of that is you got nobody to share the bad times with and, and, and hide. You know, yeah. I have a guitar I can hide behind. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so have you been back to Maryland since you've become a comedian? Yeah, I've flown over there a few times, like for weddings and family events, holidays. And yeah, it's you get the same thing. All the family members are just like, oh, you don't talk about me and your little skits, do you? Oh, and do you? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I would think so. I mean, what else? You got to talk about your life. You got to talk about what you know. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh this has been a problem for me i've burned a lot of bridges by uh being i don't know vindictive but everything that happens to me ends up, ends up in, in shtick in one kind of whether it's a song whether it's a joke whether you know everybody who has come into my life has found their way into my material good or bad and it has cost me some relationships over the years i have to admit um so when you went back, did you even look at the comedy scene there? Like, did you go to look at any, like, opportunities to gig while you were there? Or are you just there for uh, just Just there for family events. Like, it's, I, I go home, like, every, like, couple months or so. So anytime I am home, like, my whole family is just wants to see me, hang out with me. Like, and then I just go back and visit friends that I haven't seen in forever. See, so. me, I would, I, I would be determined to go back and show show my people what I've become and what I can do now. Yeah. Uh, any of that, like you know, you want to you know, you want to get the appreciation of people who've known you your whole life. Now, maybe it's just me. I'm just asking you. Do you any of that? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it'd be cool to go back to Frederick, Maryland, where I'm from, and you know, just all my old high school buddies show up to the bar. Uh, that that'd be a cool experience i think you know some people will probably be like look at this douchebag but you know whatever <laughs> yeah you know you're you're a, an unusual guy because most people when they start stand-up comedy they start it with a huge support system of, of their friends and family coming to see them the first gig but you how long were you in pencil uh pensacola before you before you st- uh started this um i've been living here seven years now so i've been in the area for about okay, five so you had some yeah. friends in in that area but they're not yeah. they're not 
the young high school kid, you know, the people you grew up with, because those are the people you tell most people. And I've seen this so many times. Most stand up, the first show they do, everybody they knew from high school, everybody in their extended family comes out. And it's like they're the headliner. A lot of times they bring more people than the headliner does. And then the next time nobody comes. <laughs> well, when, yeah, that, that that does happen a lot. Uh, but um, I, when I moved here, I moved here with two friends from high school. And it was one of my friends from high school that went to the open mic and said, oh, Andy, you could do this. And so, yeah, I've known him since I was like 16. Very cool. Uh, so now do you need clubs or you, you're performing in like you're making your own opportunities like breweries. You mentioned a brewery uh, and pubs and stuff like that. Do you need yeah. necessary comedy clubs or Pensacola you... absolutely needs a comedy club? Um, Cause yeah, most of, if not all of the shows are in breweries and bars and uh, all the open mics are like breweries uh, every day of the week. And, you know, it's cool, but I wish you had a crowd there that's actually there to see comedy, not like a, a family that brings like their kids for a nice dinner and then someone's on stage like, hey, you guys ever tried butt stuff? Like, and then they get up and leave. So. There, it's definitely uh, an advantage to people knowing they are going to a place to laugh and paying money expecting to laugh. And they go yeah. into this dark room that is set up with the right conditions to laugh versus being in a brewery or a bar or someplace where people sometimes they're there to, to hook up. Sometimes they're there to get, <laughs> do a drug deal. Sometimes they're there to just get drunk and forget about their troubles. Sometimes they're there to watch football or whatever. Uh, all that thing can be a distraction and they're not there to listen to a guy who's talking. And sometimes it could be a, like a lot of work just to get their attention. Yeah. Uh, I'm just interested in that theater work. Any theater work down there? Like not yet, but um, like you were mentioning, the uh, Yikes, the guys yeah. I got the shirt on for, they um, are starting to do shows in uh, Vinyl Music Hall, which is like the big theater Good here in Pensacola. Yeah, so I've gone to a couple of those shows, and it's what you're describing. People are there to laugh. They're paying money to see comedians, and they're always super into it. Anybody ever ask him why Yikes? And because Yikes is not a comedy term. Like Yikes is a horror term or a scary. Like <laughs> uh, I usually all you know, ha ha's or something. You know, chuckles. All these stupid names that they come up with comedy <laughs> venues and things. Uh, but Yikes is not. Yikes would be like I'm. Uh, <laughs> anybody ever ask him about that like why yikes honestly i don't know the origin of yikes but uh every big show that andrew does he always gets on stage and introduces everybody and then before the show starts he asks the crowd like can i get a yikes and it usually gets a big reaction so it gets the people going you know it's provocative <laughs> right something happened in his life we got to get to the bottom of it something something traumatic happened to him where he had to yell yikes <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. that's what i'm coming to uh so uh now are you the kind of person who plans the future uh like has has a plan for your comedy career or are you just letting it unfold kind of letting it unfold like i haven't really planned the past few years of my life i moved to florida on a complete whim i've been living in maryland for 25 years i was like oh the beach sounds nice so yeah, just moved down here, didn't know anybody but my two high school friends. Um, and show. why? What was the whim? Why would they just said you want to go? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they went to college down here. And um, at yeah. the time, my one buddy and his parents bought a house thinking that they can get in-state tuition, but it doesn't work that way. You got to live here for like a while. Uh, so the people that were living in there currently, they, they just weren't paying the rent or taking care of it. And, we were all looking to get a place in Baltimore and we're just like, it's so expensive to live yeah. in the worst city in America. <laughs> like why are we paying this much? Were you married? You were, you were not married, right? You were single. Yep. And yeah. Still, so still if I am. were a young married guy, listen, the East coast, Florida is where I would be if I were young and single and Pensacola is kind of a, 
Jimmy Buffett by uh, <laughs> there is a Margaritaville down here, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it's like that. What is that? The Bama breeze or whatever those, you know, it's the cross, uh, section of Alabama beach uh, parties yeah. and Florida beach parties Flor- and all that stuff. Florabama. Yeah. Florabama. Yeah. Yeah. Florabama. And there's the Bama breeze. Those two places, I guess they're both on either side of the border of the state. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so party town, a lot, a lot of beach, uh, beach goers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, somebody mentioned Florabama. Uh, first time I went there, I actually got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, what's the? Because um, Jimmy Buffett has a song about one, and Kenny Chesney has a song about the other, and I always mix them mix them up. But uh, um, both of them have lines I think in the, in the songs about uh, you know uh, the drug stuff that goes not drugs. <laughs> Damn it, it's marijuana is not a drug. Uh, but the reefer stuff and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, big now, Florida. It's not legal in Florida, right? Doesn't cannabis isn't legal in Florida? Um, they're pushing for it. I mean, I I heard that they were real close, and then there's always like a roadblock. But you know, they still have all those like legal leaf shops where they have like the K two or whatever. But like, I'm just not. I'm so not it's not like New York City because New York City right now. If you walk down the street in New York City, you get high for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get a contact. I'm 75 miles away, and I could probably open my windows and get stoned right now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not like that here yet. But, yeah. So um, now you mentioned Attell and Dave Russ before. I don't know if, they, if, that, if, if that was uh, your main. Like, who are your, your comedy heroes? Right now, my favorite comic is Tom Segura. I watch all his podcasts, um, seen all his specials. I saw him when he show, uh, came to Pensacola not too long ago. But yeah, that that was really cool. Experience. I got a I got a bone to pick with Segura. Oh yeah, right. Uh, uh, one of his, I, and this is not his new newest material, but I, I somebody played a clip for me the other day where he's saying, uh, "What can you say?" You know, he's talking about cancel culture and all this stuff. He said, "Well, you could still call your your white friend." He said, "You can call uh, call up your Italian friends and call them a guinea a whopper." You know, <laughs> and, yeah. the, and I was like, "No, that's not true." I mean, my, like, I, it depends on the way you say it. But if you do, if you do it in an um, <laughs> you can get your ass kicked pretty bad oh, if you well, do it the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> but hey. uh, so uh, I definitely wanted to come back and, and give them a little. Like, Wait a minute, you should try that in my neighborhood. I agree. You know, you can get away with it a lot easier than saying other racial epithets. But white people still will get angry if you say it in the wrong way. And that's, I think there's a point to be made there. And uh, you know, just on the cancel culture stuff, I think. It, you know, Don Rickles used to, and maybe this is like, I'm, I'm living in a, a different century, but he used to be able to do this stuff, but always talk about it and, and remind people, I'm, you know, this is all with love. I'm not, none of this is with hate. And, you know, there was no animosity. But now, every you know, you, you can't joke about any racial stuff. You can't talk about any ethnic comedy unless you belong to that. Like Sebastian Maniscalco can make jokes about yeah. Italian people. But God forbid he did something about Irish people or Jewish people or whatever. He'd be in trouble for it. And I think it's just like we've gotten too uptight. What's your take on? And obviously you didn't live through a. Um, a whole lifetime of just free, free for all comedy, where anybody said whatever they want. But what's your take on the culture that we live in, as far as censoring each other? I just think everybody's just too sensitive these days. Like you can't take yourself too serious. Like, Does it affect you though? Do, I mean, when you when you're preparing some material to do, does it make you think I can't say this? sometimes like you got to know your audience and like you don't want to go out and say something that people will be like oh well he's up here saying this that and the other so i'm not going to get him on another show but um i was actually i was at an open mic one time it was in milton florida and that's about as white as it sounds and (laughs) (laughs) i was um up there i i'd been on stage for no less than 30 seconds and uh i was like what's up milton and um the lady in the front row just starts screaming the n-word at me like (laughs) i'm just like are are you you talking to me 
<laughs> she's like, I don't think you're funny, you piece of shit, N-word, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I, what is happening right now? And she, I think she called me the N-word about 17 times before the host had to pull me off of stage because she would not stop screaming it. <laughs> but That's I'm so like, bizarre. Yeah. I, like, what, was she I white or like, black? Oh, yeah, it was all white crowd like she's whiter than me all right now the only thing i can guess and this is a far-fetched guess one of the roast battles i seen you were standing in the dark <laughs> not not out in the light and that nope. was an issue could that have been the issue you were standing too big, far back? <laughs> big old spotlight whiter than i am right now and like normally i have like a quick like comeback or i'd say something witty but like i was just so dumbfounded i'm like are, are, are you saying that to to me like the Mets going bad, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna, about to ask you that because it would seem a guy who who kicks ass and roast battles would not have a, a difficult time with hecklers uh, well, like that. But that was some, just an insane person. Though, just like. yeah, when someone's screaming the n word at you, it's just like was what she alone? What, what did she have friends with her? Yeah, no, yeah, she was there. Had a whole table with her, agreeing with her. I would all agree with that because I would have appealed to them. Like, you know, maybe you want to take her out, give her a medication and come back in. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> wow. And they, and so your set was set, uh, cut short because of that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, They're like, sucks. hey, you, you, you got to go. Like, but I didn't do anything. I'm not really? saying the N word. <laughs> like, and, and so are you allowed back at that club? It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, but I mean, I have no desire to. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't blame the club, and I would try to think of it like giving them a second chance because she's not going to come there again. I feel like she's a regular. I oh, think really? she, I think she lives there. <laughs> wow, wow, that's interesting. Uh, if somebody who actually, because you know, even regulars at, at most county clubs, they know they don't don't go to every show. They go like once every couple of weeks or something. But wow. Um, so your friend who went down, are you competitive with him at all? Which friend? Uh, the friend, who, the, the old friend who did the open mic night who told you you could do this. Uh, it was my friend's wife's friend that did it first. And that's uh, how I found out about it. And they're like, you could, you could do this. Oh, I thought it was your friend, your buddy who you moved down from uh, Maryland with. No, he, he could never. <laughs> like, no. So, uh, other than the roast battle stuff, what what describe the kind of comedy you do? Is it observational humor? Is it um, you know writing jokes, or stories? What it, what what do, you, what do you do? Mostly stories. Mostly, like I said, embarrassing stories about myself because I just never run short of material on there. So I'll always have something pop up within a week. Like, oh yeah, that'll be funny. I'll tell everyone. Do you do you actually sit down and write these out or no? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, my on my phone, my notes app is just filled. Really? With, yeah. Uh, now, do you stay true to what you write down? Because this was a, a thing that came up too. I mean, about Colin writing out like uh, five pages of in in longhand of an hour special or something, fifty seven minutes, and re remembering it word for word and performing it word for word. Do you do that? It's more cliff notes, like just mention this, say this. Um, and then once you do the story a few times, you realize like where like the, the pause breaks should be or maybe like, oh, well, and here I'll just add another like funny little line there. How hard are you on yourself? So you, you uh, well, I shouldn't I, uh, assume this because I was assuming that uh, be, if that's the way you work, that you're recording your sets, taking a home, listening to them or not. Yeah, I am. Um, when I first started, I just recorded everything and posted everything. And then I realized that's a terrible idea because <laughs> <laughs> some of them don't go great. And it's like, I don't want that broadcast to the world. I just just the hits. Uh, what's his name? Jimmy Norton. Oh, my God. He he does this. And I I applaud him for it. And my friend Carlos Valencia does it a little bit, too. Uh, but not his own but posting stuff when it's not going well, stuff you're just trying out. Like Jim Norton will go to an open mic and tape it and then post it on Twitter the next day when he's doing really poorly. And for some reason, I think that gets him more fans. People are more, I don't know, accepting. Oh, oh wow. He's, he's willing to, you know, 
it's not like he's totally embarrassing himself, but it, you could see it's not going well and he's struggling with it. And the way he deals with it is endearing. And Carlos does a, a, something similar, but he does comedy by proxy, which is meant to be bad. It's to asking the people in the crowd to write down jokes, and he just reads the jokes as they're written with no inflection or anything. And they, he doesn't try to make it, make it funny. He just reads the jokes and it's, it's painfully bad, oh, yeah. but, but he posts all that stuff all the time. And I laugh my ass off that because of that. Um, none of that. So you don't post any of your yeah, less than stellar. Maybe, before. maybe <laughs> if I get to that level where, you know, I'm comfortable with everyone just seeing the, the not so great stuff, but for right now, I just want to post the good things. That way, you know, if somebody's looking at me to put me on a show, be like, well, here's my YouTube. Like, here's all, here's the highlight reel. Right. How often are you doing it now? Doing. Uh, performing. Um, show wise, just whenever they ask me to. And, you know, I don't, I don't really say no to anything. So whenever they ask you to, uh, would suggest that you're not like going out and looking for it. You're waiting for it to come to you. <laughs> uh, there are some where I'm actively going out looking for it. Like, um, like when I was mentioning the Yikes show, when they do it in vinyl, uh, when I went there, I was just like, yes, I want to do this. How do I go about doing that? Yeah. Um, but uh, sometimes it just falls in your lap. Like the last show I did, uh, they asked me to open up for a local rap music showcase. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. I, I think people, uh, comedians who uh, just heard that want to fight you right now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> falls in your lap? What do you mean falls in your lap? I'm working my ass off to get a gig. Um, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, you know pe people are bitter. Listen, yes. Uh, yes. people who who try and for what and this is, I've tried to wrap my head around this because there's not like a great uh, Grand Canyon between working professional and guy who's struggling just to get open mic time and my time. There's not a there are good ones and there are bad ones in in all of it, but there's not like a gaping like chasm between those two there's a very fine line between professional and struggling to be professional but those people who have been in it for too long and not seen enough results whether it's due to bad luck or just not the right opportunities that came up to them or circumstances tends to make them bitter and they see a guy like you in it two years and having some success yeah and i mean that definitely happened in the local Je scene jealous yeah. yeah jealousy like, envy whatever you want to call it and and uh, i say that kidding around there i don't want to fight you but i guarantee you there's one or two that heard you say uh it just falls in my lap like, fucking what what <laughs> <laughs> falls in your lap what lap i don't have a lap i can't afford a lap <laughs> no yeah that that definitely when i first started out um like I said, I, I was maybe doing it for three months before I got invited to the first show, and everyone's just like, you know, who who the hell's this guy? Like, who do you think you are? But good, uh, good for you. Whatever. Uh, and uh, you're enjoying it, obviously. Now, I got. Did does it come as a surprise? Do you surprise yourself? Do you? I mean, I know it's only been two years, but do you? How did I get here? Because the reason I asked when you most people who were doing it knew they wanted to do it even if they suppressed it for many years like there are people who get into it at 40 and 50 years old but they always knew they wanted to either the opportunity didn't come up or they were scared or whatever life changed and then they did it you just seem to have fallen into it do you ever kind of like wake up and say how did i how did i get to be a comedian <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes um <laughs> You know, because like I said, when you go home and I see all my old friends and they're just like, I can't believe you're doing that. I'm like, D dude, me neither. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, any desire to um, like branch out and start to, to do road gigs and road work? Yeah, definitely. And I was actually just talking to a, a friend in the scene about doing that too he might bring me out to like open for him for some of his like out of town shows like i've done stuff in like alabama which is a stone's throw away from pensacola right. and like i've gone out to mississippi to do an open mic where i was just like all right let me go with other comics who don't know me and see like does this actually work or is this just pensacola 
That's is interesting. It? Mississippi, I would be a little weary of myself. Just <laughs> because I have an I know I have a very pronounced New York accent. Now you don't sound like a Maryland guy. You don't sound like a Florida guy either. You sound like yeah. you definitely sound East Coast, but I wouldn't pay out of the northerner and like, you know, Mississippi. I mean, you know, you get a couple of Coors Lights in me, I'll start being like, no, get out. Like, you know, the, yeah. Maryland, the Maryland will come out. So, yeah. <laughs> what part of Maryland? I uh, grew up in Frederick. So if you look at the state of Maryland and you point your finger directly in the middle, that's me. All right. Rural? Or was it? Yeah, uh, just real white suburb right. <laughs> area. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have a friend who was uh, from... Uh, Maryland, but he was from a very rural part, uh, I think near Pennsylvania, but he said it was like it was like totally uh, country where he lived, not not urban in any way. There wasn't even like the city close by. I don't know how you measure close by, though. Um, so now with uh, with the shows that you, you're doing, the ones that have fallen into your lap, do you uh are you are like middle now? Are you are like are you doing like feature work? What do you you know? How long do you do? And and do you have? I guess this is a very complicated question, isn't it? Uh, do you have like somebody who Dante said attach yourself to like a headliner that you team up with that you're opening with, with consistently? Uh, well, that's what I'm working on now is to um, find one of the Andrew. I guess I can just say um, I just talked to him about his, you know, because he goes out. He's always like headlining and stuff. He's like, I you know want you to open for me when I go out. But um, most of the stuff, it's like opening to like middle. I haven't quite hit that feature or headline or anything yet. I don't. Me personally, I don't feel like I deserve to be a headliner at this point. But you know, if somebody asked me to, I'll give it a shot. I, I don't think deserve has anything to get to do with it. And that's a line from uh, Clint Eastwood, The Unforgiven. Uh, Gene Hackman's laying on the floor. He said, I don't deserve this. I was building a house. I don't deserve this. And, and uh, Eastwood says, deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love the lines from the movie. But uh, I don't think deserve has anything to do with uh, if it's a hard thing to kind of articulate, but if the club wants you, if the audience wants you, then you deserve it. If they don't, then, you know, they're, they're the final judge of it. And I don't think we can. And when I say we, I mean, self judging and judging other people like it, Again, coming back to the envy and, and all that kind of stuff, there's a propensity of people saying, well, who is he to be headlining? And then that's where some of the bitterness comes from. Who was he to be a headline? The crowd likes wants him to be a headline. They paid to see him. That's why he's a headliner. And yeah. you know, not up to you to judge yourself or to judge others. I think it's just enjoy the ride. Um, that's just my my take on it. Now, Dante, Dante the comedian was on last week. I don't know if you know about Dante, but Dante's been in the business for at about 40 years he's uh very successful uh been on many tv shows films stand-up guy teaches classes had a sitcom on bet white guy with a, a sitcom on bet <laughs> um but so he he does these tips every day and i've been playing them on the morning show i'm gonna play one now it's a, it's only a minute long but it's a you know comedy tips and cat can listen in too hey guys it's dante with another you know what? Anywho, today I want to talk to you guys about movement. I want you to think about your 10 favorite comedians and go watch them. Watch a video. Watch them live. Go do whatever you need to do. Look at their movements. Um, I knew Chris Rock since before he was pretty famous. And his first HBO special was pretty much the same material he'd been doing. But it was about his movement and his attitude and everything that comes along with that. So I just want you guys to look at yourself and what kind of quirks do you have? And you need to e e exaggerate those because most people who are famous, you can imitate their voice, their mannerisms. If we can't do that with you, you're doing something wrong. You're the product. Make yourself interesting to us, okay? That's it, concentrate on movement. Oh, click, oh, click. Very cool stuff. Now, he, he, aside from being very successful, he's full of those nuggets. And that is so true for, I think, 
if you think of any comedian that you like, and you, you've already mentioned a couple, uh, Segura would be a tough one for me to do an imitation of, though. Gotta think that, you know, how would I? Uh, but I think most of the big names out there that you you can f- think of a caricature of them yeah. and kind of, you know. And so as an introvert and somebody who was by nature shy, are you able to do that with yourself? Look at yourself and say, what's funny about me? Yeah. And like, just looking back and watching videos of myself, like I, I got that critique from others too. It's just like, you're very robotic, like you're straight face. Like, you know, I'll just be like, and okay, that was funny. Right. All right. Next <laughs> one. And, and I also noticed that like, uh, when I first started out, I, I didn't know what to do with my hands. And I had this like nervous tick where I'd just be swinging my arm the entire time. So it looked like I was just like running a marathon. But like it's one of those things that you don't know that you do until you actually see it. And then like I watched like eight of my videos in a row. I'm just like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my arm? I've had a thing my whole life that is just the most embarrassing. It's like an effeminate this with my hand it does when i'm not thinking about what i'm doing i do this a lot and it's like oh my god i see it on film i'm like oh my god because i'm just that's just not me not that i don't have anything wrong with effeminate men i'm just not one and when i see myself doing that it makes me feel like what the fuck is wrong with me (laughs) uh but no that whole idea of yeah looking at yourself now because i was i was looking at stephen wright the other day you know stephen wright Mm mm-hmm uh, and, and his, because that he doesn't go through life talking like uh, I got a, a paranoid retriever. Bring back everything because he can't remember what I threw. Uh, he just doesn't go through life with that. That is a he cultivated that by looking at himself and saying, you know, I do that sometimes. I'm just going to exaggerate it to the point where it's like really kooky. Um, has that kind of revelation occurred to you? you know that's what that's what the great ones do yeah um like you were saying it just you can picture your favorite comedian and then when you think about them you think about like the movements and the character and stuff and like that's what makes them them and them unique so you know you gotta find a way to stick out somehow like you know i'm just up here just right your everyday average white guy like you gotta gotta do something right (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, have you ever been a fan, or are you now a fan, or have you ever been a fan of Andrew Dice Clay? Uh yeah, and his his character, the Dice Man. Like, yeah. oh, well, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because, and what's really interesting is last night we were talking about him with another guy named Andy, who was also mentored by a comedian named Andy. And here you are, Andy, and you're the other guy you're looking at. Yikes, guy is Andy. Every <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay and four other Andy comedians on two days. Uh, but now he's got a whole different persona, and it's all this kind. Of, it's everything he does is like contrived. In, in a lot of ways, but now he's doing these these TikTok videos and reels and shorts and stuff where he's like kind of like a lost, uh, you know, stranger on the streets of New York City going up to people like, hey, did you want to take a picture with me? They told me no. Oh, OK. And, and that, that's like a lost homeless guy. And people don't know it's, it's him, but it's hysterically funny if you're looking at it and thinking what's going on in his wacky mind. But all everything he's done is that. And, you know, that's a really important piece of um, insight for a young comedian. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be sharing Dante's tips every week and go and you know, just to put them out there for comedians because I think he's got some some really gold um did you take a comedy class are you interested in any of that stuff no i never really took a comedy class or anything it's just standing up there and me telling jokes about myself (laughs) now you mentioned before like the day of the show you're going to go through it in your mind are do you are you like i still like that are you do you set yourself up and think all day about your show before you do it yeah definitely i'll be at work not even focused on the task in front of me just thinking like all right what am i going to do how am i going to start with this should i end with that like where i gotta fill time here like okay this i can do like three minutes of and then this maybe i could do that after that that's a good segue 
that's that's you and i'm not telling you not to be you i'm just telling you me that's me also but i don't want to be that i've been trying not to do that forever yeah i think sometimes i overthink stuff and get my and so oh now because all my gigs i drive at least an hour and a half to and i have time to say to myself don't think about the gig don't think about anything but the gig but it keeps coming back to thinking about the gig and i don't want to do it because it ruins it for me because it's never as good as the expectation unless the expectation is tonight's gonna suck and then i show up and it's great so i have the only way i can make myself have a good show is to con- consciously make a determined effort to tell myself it's going to suck tonight. It's not gonna, nobody's going to show up. It's going to be an empty room, and the two people that are there are going to boo. And then it turns out to be a good show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but So I'm not giving you advice. I'm just telling you that's my experience. I, I overthink it, and then if it doesn't match my expectations of good, then I'm down on myself, and I beat myself over it. Now it's too late to change. I've been doing <laughs> yeah. it for 45 years. <laughs> I like to like go out and just try and make it seem conversational. Like it's not where you can tell like, Oh, he rehearsed this down to the T. Yeah. That the best comedy seems like it's not rehearsed. Like you're just talking. You're, you're yeah. not, you're not doing an act. You're just, this was, this is just you tonight. Tomorrow, if you're on here, you're going to be talking about all the completely different stuff. That's <laughs> right. not true. Coming back to Stephen Wright, I always thought, because I know he's had hour specials and stuff, I always thought he had, like, all this material. I, and I went, went down a YouTube rabbit hole with him last week, and I was just like, he had 10 minutes. 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how he stretched those 10 minutes into, like, four different hour specials. But if you YouTube Stephen Wright, you're going to see the same material from the start of his career, his very first appearance on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show to when he was on Letterman and Leno later on in his career. It's the same jokes. Like, well, you had 10 minutes of material. How did you do four four out one-hour specials with 10 minutes of material? (laughs) It's it's baffling to me. Um, So do you feel pressure to kind of continue to, like, always be writing, always coming up with new stuff, or do you get comfortable? Um, Yeah, I mean, I like to think of different things because I don't want to be the guy where it's just like oh here's andy redding we know exactly what he's gonna say every single time so you know yeah always try to think of something different that way you know it's not like well I, he was on that show like a week ago so now when i come out i know oh here he is telling the story about how he pissed himself again like do you test do you have somebody you can test your material on or do you test in front of a live audience um sometimes like i'll catch myself just like in a conversation with friends like just telling a story and if they laugh i'm like oh okay yeah i can i can use that but i don't i don't let them know that i'm testing material out on them yeah al baker who was a uh, famous old uh close-up magician from my grandfather's age uh baker the faker from New York, he, uh, he said it, but he he defined professional versus amateur this way, and you just made me remember it. Because um, he's talking about magician, he said a magician, a professional magician, is somebody who does the same material for a different audience every night and and polishes that material and finds it and gets it perfect and does it for different people each time. So it's always brand new to them, even though it's not brand new to him. But an amateur is a guy who goes out to the magic store to buy new effects and, and tricks to do for the same people as he did last time. And that's, that's the danger of not getting out from working a a local scene, a club scene, or getting too familiar with one area. You're playing for the same people each time. And then you really have to grab that mentality of, I got to do new material. These same people saw me here just last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get into that too. I fall into that rut. It's hard. Now I'm not saying Al, Al Baker was 100% the Bible and right on, on all the stuff, but there is some truth to that philosophy. Now there has to be some give and take there. I mean, obviously you can work on uh, game, enlarging your audience and playing for different people and doing the best stuff with them, but it's always good to work in new material. It's just where you kind of, you know, draw that line in your for your own personal stuff, right? So, um, 
any of that any that register with you anyway what you're doing right now or how often you're writing new stuff for new people versus perfecting the stuff that you know works yeah i mean it's kind of like just a mix of both you know like you you start out with something that like okay i know this works i've used it but then once you get comfortable then it's like all right you know maybe i can try this out like i I told this story to my buddy yesterday and he laughed so let's see if a group of strangers thinks it's funny and then if that doesn't really go that well then you have something that you can fall back on like all right and into this (laughs) yeah um yeah, so now I have your YouTube going through it. Do you have any, like, you? I'm going to talk, I'm not, because Dan, Doug Stanhope always says, you know, give, giving people comedy advice is trying to teach them how to be you. You don't want to teach them how to be you or tell them how to be you. I'm not giving you advice here, but I'm going to point out some things that I think um, you can help yourself. Do you have a TikTok page? I do. You do. I don't find there's not linked to on your Facebook page or your YouTube page in the about section. <laughs> you got to market yeah. yourself. <laughs> you got to market yourself. You got to let people know that you're there. Don't make them work. Cause I will put that link in the description. Now I have to go find your TikTok page and find that. Yeah. And put it in the I episode. haven't uploaded anything in a while. So that's okay. probably why I. Well. That's one thing. And, and you know what? I wouldn't, I have no insight into how often you should upload stuff. There are di- different schools of thought on that kind of stuff. Some comedians want to upload everything still, even no matter good, bad, they just upload it all. And some think, well, I can't, I can't afford to risk burning my material or I, I don't want to put anything that isn't really good or doesn't really, all different kind of philosophies on that. But I do think, like, even in your Facebook page, there's nothing in the about. <laughs> nothing in the about. You got to market yourself a little better. And I, this is not lecturing. I tell all the comedians this. I'm a marketing guy. And you're a product. Whether you whether you uh, want to look at yourself as, a, you're, as a comedian, you're a product. As a musician, I'm a product. And without marketing... Uh, nobody ever will know who you are, and we don't. I mean, this is good that you came here, and we're letting people know who you are. But I'm trying to help, be helpful here. I'm, I'm not trying to be a smart ass at all. So, if there's anything I could do with that, help you within that, like uh, helping letting people know what you're doing, or you need some advice on how to get started with marketing stuff, I'd be glad to help. But I just want to kind of make you aware. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know, you're not hustling marketing, right? Oh, no. Um, I could have sworn I have a link on my Facebook, but I guess you have a link on your Facebook to the YouTube channel. Yeah. Not not to the TikTok channel. Nothing else. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And and like about, you know, a little line (laughs) or two about and places you played. And and one of Dante's other um, tips that I'm going to be playing is the, the attachment thing. So everybody you play a show with, whether they liked you, whether you were good friends or not, they're now part of your resume because that this is, impresses the hell out of bookers. Oh, you worked with so and so. Well, you, I might have done two minutes of open mic when on a night he was headlining, but that's going in my resume. Yeah. Think about that. Like every single good, bad, every name should be on you. Attach yourself to other comedians, and and then you know the stuff that's falling in your lap. You'll be having to like fight to keep the bad stuff <laughs> from falling in your lap. Oh, so much of it. True, Listen to true. me. I'm like grandpa giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you. I thank you for coming on here tonight. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. Um, uh, but and I would say we got to let people have a, a a way to find you now. I have to get the, the Facebook page in that uh, link in the description as well. All right. Um. So good luck. Oh, you got any shows coming up or no? Nothing in the next week or so. Uh, coming up, we actually did a documentary uh, about Pensacola comedy. Um, Andrew, the guy with Yikes, he put it all together. Um, It should be coming out within a couple months. It's called the Car K Community. Uh, It's his whole production. He got a bunch of people together, filmed a bunch of interviews. There's going to be tapes from shows. So, yeah, I would I would look for that as well. Tell him tell him about this and tell him to come on here to promote it. We'll help him promote it or come on the morning show. The best to be on the morning show. And you should do this as well Uh, sometime in the future. I I, you know, I know mornings are tough, especially, you know, people who work day jobs or comedians who like to sleep late. (laughs) 
<laughs> musicians like to sleep late. But the morning show has a really uh, a much better comedy uh, consumer audience. And so you, you'll do well. Come, come on the morning show sometime and tell the other Andy with the yikes thing. Uh, come on and promote his uh, his film. All right. Yeah, I think I've given him enough plugs for now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll keep, no, I no, I don't think we got. If, if you're going to support comedy like that, I want to support comedy. No, never enough. I'll I'll mention it every single day until it comes out on the morning show. I definitely will. I'll just bring it up. All I need is a reminder. So you know, anybody just in the chat room tomorrow morning, <laughs> just remember to say something about yikes, and I'll talk about it. Anyway, thanks for coming here. I appreciate you being here. Much better than talking about upgrading capitalism. Which oh, gonna... yeah, for sure. Uh, he's on next week, by the way. <laughs> All right. Next well, Tuesday night. So, anyway, thanks for being here. I wish you the best and, and good luck and do come back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was cool. Sure. Bye, bye for now. Andy Redding, folks. Uh, support him. Look him up. Go to his Facebook page. I will find the link for the Facebook page. I'll put it in um youtube page check out the the roast stuff and we'll, we'll get on his ass and make him market himself um tomorrow morning no guests for coffee with the dog but willie will be with me uh we're going to be talking about he wants to talk about some of the trauma he experienced <laughs> in the catholic church in iowa growing up and i told him you by the way, uh, fundraiser for Willie is still not going. Willie needs wheels to get on to get to his next gigs. <laughs> he needs wheels. He's uh, he's a lost soul, folks. <laughs> but he needs gigs, and it's here's his GoFundMe. I need wheels to get to his gigs. He needs reliable wheels. Uh, got a goal of twenty five hundred dollars in there. We're up to one hundred and fifty dollars. Three bucks is the minimum GoFundMe will let you get. But three bucks, man, gallon of gas. Um. I don't know. <laughs> a cup of coffee. Three bucks. If not, help Willie get on the road so he can get his comedy career back on the road. Anyway, he'll be with me tomorrow morning talking about uh, being abused by priests. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but I did mean that. But that's what he wants to talk about. But it just sounds terrible saying that stuff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's the show for tonight. Thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your night. Bye for now.
listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.